0: Good afternoon and welcome. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson, Chief Executive Behavioral Health for Providence in Oregon and Chief Clinical Officer for Work To Be Well. Here with me today are Madeline Reinier, Vice President of Consulting Services and Dean of Enrollment Management at EAB and Jordan Ramirez, Work To Be Well National Student Advisory Board Member. And today we're gonna talk about something near and dear to my heart, college admission application process and how to figure out which college is best for you. As a reminder, the information provided during this event is for educational purposes only. It is not intended nor is it implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice. Always seek the advice of your provider or other qualified health professional with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. So I wanna get us started by Having our panelists introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about themselves. And um, Jordan, why don't you kick us off?
1: Hi, my name is Jordan Ramirez. I'm a senior in Texas and I'm part of Work2Well. This is my first year being a part of Work2Well. And this is also my first talk to do well, so I'm excited to be here.
0: Awesome.
2: Madeline, how about you? Hey, Dr. Robin. Thank you so much. It's it's great to be here. And I'm really excited to hear about Jordan's journey. Um, I have done enrollment work my whole professional career. And let me just say, no one grows up and says, oh, wow, I think I'd like to be a college admission officer. But the thing that makes me happy every day is I wake up and I know that I can help students realize their dream of a college education by supporting both them and their parents through the admission process. So thrilled to be here and just share a couple of tips that I've developed over years of this kind of advice.
0: Oh, I am so excited for this conversation. I'm the parent of two college students, one of whom actually in the transfer process. And we're going to get a little bit Mm -hmm. into some of those questions because I think COVID's brought some unique opportunities to this and and some challenges for students who may be taking a little non-traditional path. So, Jordan, since we want to get a little bit of information from you, tell us about uh, your college journey and have you picked a school yet?
1: Sorry, you sort of cut out. Can I hear the end of that again?
0: Yeah. Have you picked a school yet?
1: Uh, I'm Right now, I'm leaning towards Boston University, which is a big jump for me because I'm from a small town in Texas. So that's the other side of the country for me.
0: Well, when students are thinking about where they wanna go to school, Madeline, what are some of the key criteria they should consider? I mean, going from a small town in Texas to Boston, that's a big job. (laughs) Yes, it is. I say congratulations, Jordan. You are
2: obviously an adventurer, and I I love that about you. Um, uh, The first thing I think that students need to remember, and this is a hard thing to hold on to in this process, but I want you to remember that you have a ton of power. I mean, right now it's a buyer's market, it's not a seller's market in college education that the most elite schools who are uber selective notwithstanding. The other like 99.5% are really looking for great motivated students who wanna come and be successful academically and um, have a good social experience um, and develop personally as well as academically when they go to college. So think if you approach it from a position of strength, um, it I think it will give you more confidence as you go through the process. And um I, I often think it helps for you to start with a self-assessment because it's overwhelming. There are more than 3,500 colleges in the and univer- universities. It's really hard to know where to start. Like, do you go where your parents went? Like like one of Dr. Robin's children, just saying.
1: Or, or, <laughs> or no uh,
2: do you go where your friends are going? Do you go where your boyfriend or girlfriend is going? Do you go far from home, near from home? So Um, It really helps if you think about uh, if you're honest with yourself in a self-assessment, what do I think will be my best learning environment? Am I great? in big you know in big settings i don't care if the professor knows my name heaven forbid i have to speak in class or oh no i need to be in a small class so so think about that think about where you are more successful and then think about your best learning and at living environment like what kind of a campus community and feel are you looking for do you want to live on campus do you want to live off campus in an apartment How, how's all that going to work do you want a big school a small school uh religious affiliation no religious affiliation do you want Athletics, D3 Athletics. Think about all the potential things that matter to you and make a little list. And then you can use your preferences sort of as your rubric as you think about colleges. So it will make that it will make the process feel a little
0: less intimidating, I think. You know, that's a really good, really good point, because I like that idea of almost like a checklist Mm -hmm. that gives you some ability to organize what you prioritize for. So How many schools should a high schooler apply to? Is there a number? (laughs) Okay, so I wanna
2: hear from Jordan first. Jordan, how many schools did you apply to?
1: I applied in the area of like five to eight schools. All of them were from different areas. And a lot of them, some of them were local, some of them were further, some of them were in between. I try to kind of just get like a diverse range. So I had options.
2: Okay. Awesome. That's like the perfect answer. You're like the poster child for what we would advise. Um, Often I think six to eight is a really good number. And one of the things you want to do is you always need to hedge your bets. You know, people talk about safety schools and a lot of times nobody knows what that means or it sounds negative. But you need to apply to one or two schools that you know would be a great fit for you. They would be super positive. And based on all the data that you can access online, it looks like you're you're pretty much a sure thing to get in because nobody wants to get to the month of April and have aimed really high and, and through no fault of your own, because it doesn't mean you're not amazing. It just means it's kind of like playing statistical roulette. You, you don't have some offers. And then you might want to apply to a couple of places where you think, huh. I might not get in, but I really love that school and I wanna throw my hat in the ring. And then you probably want a couple of places in the middle. Um, and I love the the, um, the approach that Jordan used. You know, some people, when you think about, not everyone is willing to travel so far from home. So think about your own risk tolerance. You know, the average student doesn't go out of state. The average student is within a, a minimum or maximum, a couple of hundred miles from home, like an easy drive for the family. Think about what that means. So maybe some schools that are closer and then some schools that are further away, schools that are really academic or have, you know, great reputations in the things you're interested in. But six to eight is a good number. Do not make applying to college your full-time job in your senior year, because there's
0: way too many other good things to do. (laughs) You know, that's such a good point. Uh, Another student council advisory board member um, who's been with the, the council for several years she applied to, I think, five or six colleges, and I had the pleasure of working with her on some of her um, college application letters and things like that. And it was so exciting to, to kind of watch some of the places she was applying. And And at one point, I, I had the honor of writing her a letter of recommendation for MIT because she got invited to apply to MIT. So I was super excited. Yeah, that wasn't her first choice school. She actually did get into her first choice school and is headed to Pepperdine. Me. Uh, I know, right? It's like, wow. So I have to say, I'm very proud of our work to be well students who uh, really have put themselves out there to schools that are way, way cool. And I think that's going to be a great experience for you. You know, Jordan, what attracted you to Boston U and and how do you know, how does a student know what, what a good fit is?
1: Um, originally, I wanted to go to Harvard. That had been my dream for like a while. So um, Boston University was one of those schools that was kind of in like the same area that um, I feel like I would be just as happy at. And I also applied to Boston College and a few other schools in that area. And I think is just, it makes you excited because when I was reading through the programs and I was looking at all the other opportunities that they offer, it made me excited. So I don't ever, I don't think that there's like one definitive school for each person. I think it's just if it excites you and if you think that the opportunities are going to be good for you and if you can think you can excel in that area.
2: How does your family feel about you heading potentially quite a distance from home?
1: They're excited because my mom's side of the family is actually from uh, Massachusetts. Oh, awesome. So she decided to go, She's excited to go visit me and be able to see her family and I also have family there. So I'm not completely alone on that, on that side of the world. So she's, she's excited. Also a little scared that I'll be gone, but yeah, my family's excited for me.
2: Oh, that's super. Well, and having a support network, extended family, that it doesn't matter who you are, that, that's a, that can be a big
0: relief for your mom, for sure. That, what a cool opportunity to get to know uh, another part of your family, too, in a, place like, in a place like Boston. And it's so interesting. I know, did you ever feel overwhelmed at the start of the application process? And, and what are some things students can do who are feeling overwhelmed?
1: I definitely felt overwhelmed because every single application asks for something different. And it very much questions the whole four years of your high school life. You, I found myself wondering, did I do enough? Was what I was doing, like, is that going to help me get into this? Like, is it worth it? And I feel like those are common questions when you start to doubt yourself through application process. And I feel like advice for that is to just know that everything you did is going to be worth it for the school that you're meant to be at. And I think the best thing to do when you feel that overwhelming is to assure yourself and remind yourself how much you actually did do. Because when you look back, it's easy to overthink what you were doing. But I feel like giving yourself affirmations, giving yourself assurance is a big thing when doing your application. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: So I really appreciate that Jordan, because I think, um, so at its at its sort of worst, what mm-hmm. you really think is you put your whole life on, on digital paper for people that you don't know and who really don't know you other than what they, what you share about yourself on paper. And it's kind of like laying out your whole life in front of someone and then they kind of give you the thumbs up or thumbs down on you as a person. I think that's really a lot of what it feels like. And and to extend that, Dr. Robin, it's been my experience that parents also feel that way, (laughs) that where their children get into school is a little bit like their grade as a parent. And and so um, the stakes are high. Every parent wants the, the best, whatever the best is for their sons and daughters. Um, and of course, every student is looking like Jordan to be really wise about thinking about what's going to be a really good fit for me. And what I've often thought for students is, um, I love the way you put it, Jordan, that that the school that you're meant to be at will value who you are. And mm-hmm. I think that's an incredibly great expression, because if the school doesn't like you for who you are, the uber selectives notwithstanding, which means that they probably really like you, but they just, they can't accept everyone. If the school doesn't like you for who you are, then it's OK, because there will be another great place for you where they will value you for who you are. And it's likely then that you're you're more. You're, it's more likely you're going to have a good academic and personal experience there so that you have to remember that it's not all about you. Sometimes it's about them and priorities that they have. But if they don't like you, it, it hurts your feelings, but you can move on. Because there will be schools that will really like you. And you'll go and you'll have an awesome experience.
0: You know, I really appreciate that, being true to who you are. When my daughter was applying to colleges last year, she had had an experience where in her in her high school years, she got very, very ill her junior year. And uh, very ill with anorexia nervosa. And had to miss a large portion of her junior year. That has an impact academically on what your transcript looks like, and you have to explain that. And there's several different ways you could address it. She chose to tell a very honest story about that period of time in her life and what happened. And Willamette where she is now was just like, yep, we're in. And they they accepted and, and worked with what was in essence a troubled transcript due to a medical concern. <laughs> See that often, Madeline, where colleges are willing to work with students who may have had um, some type of an issue that takes them off a traditional track. Are there places that are better at working with that than others?
2: Well, I think most places are are pretty good at it. I mean, honestly, again, when if you if you move beyond schools that are just really looking for reasons to reject you because because they have so many people, there's so much. you if you're if you are not in that sort of you know swim lane i think most schools um want want to work with you the key is what you said dr robin she was honest about what happened because what i always would try to say to students is seriously i'm i'm super smart but i am not a mind reader and so if you want me to know something you have to tell me and it isn't like i'm digging for dirt but if your hope especially in a case where something has had an impact on your transcript if you if you can help us contextualize cuz we're going to see what happened admission committees will see that and if you can help us understand we're like totally likely to be with you and and want to support you and help you moving forward and if if you keep us in the dark that's when you start to make assumptions and they're probably not right so it really helps if students are are willing to are willing to share because it could be i mean gosh you think in the this time of covid it could be a death in the family it could be a parent job loss i mean there are all kinds of things that could be happening and that if students can just give you a window
0: super helpful this is good to hear cuz i i mean i've i've seen this in a lot of my uh, i have two kids my older son is in uh, community college and he's looking to transfer from mm-hmm. community college to a to a state school, because in the time of COVID, why go to a state school? Everybody's online. And so what What difference does that make? Well, mm-hmm. um, Lameda has been a school that is maintained on campus the entire time because they're small enough. Will you be going, Jordan, on campus to school or are they gonna start virtually?
1: They're starting on campus, but you are not allowed to be on campus until you're vaccinated.
0: Wow. <laughs> oh, no, right. That's the new thing. Well. Mm-hmm. That- it's a very interesting thing nowadays that, that, yeah, you're not allowed to be on campus until you're vaccinated because safety is a huge priority and uh, not every school is managed that well. Did you ever think about taking a gap year, Jordan? And, and what happens? What's the impact, Madeline, on students who take a gap year? How do you explain that?
2: Jordan, you go first.
1: Okay. I did consider it at one point but if I were to take a gap year, I wouldn't be completely not doing anything. My idea would be to join the Peace Corps. That's something that I want to do after I graduate. But when I was considering my future, that was something I thought about doing before. But I feel like once I start, I'm going to be so excited with doing that kind of work that I'll just keep going. So that's why I think I moved that idea to sort of after graduating.
2: So we saw a lot of students think about taking a gap year a year ago because- like your son, and he's like, you know, what's up with that? I'm going to go to school virtually. And, and um, you know, most students, uh, high schools made that quick pivot to virtual learning. And that was a bumpy road for a lot of places. Honestly, students didn't really love it. They still don't really love it as close as I can tell. And so if you thought, well, gosh, I'm going to go to XYZ, you know, the University of Oregon, Washington, you know, Berkeley, and it's going to be online. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't know if I want to do that. And so um, my advice is um, if you're gonna take a gap year, the easiest thing to do is to actually apply for admission, be admitted and secure your spot and then tell them you wanna defer admission. So that means you have a guaranteed place after a year. And the reason that I recommend this is it's a lot easier to apply to college when you're actually in school, much easier access to your counselor, to the registrar to get your transcripts sent, this kind of thing. And especially, you know, maybe maybe you're going to travel internationally or try and do service work somewhere. It's just harder to manage the application process. So if you've gone through a process of discernment and you really know where you think you're meant to be, but you do want to take a gap year for whatever reason, take care of family, um, you know, do do something exciting, um, <laughs> even more exciting than taking care of your family, because I think that's an exciting thing to do. Um, we also know lots of students have um, have worked in their gap year to try and help support their families. Um, you just if you if you nail down a spot, you're you're kind of in a really good place. It eliminates the uncertainty. You don't have to go through that all over again and you don't have to try and manage it when you're not in
0: high school. So it's just, it's not as easy. That's a really good, I hadn't even thought about doing it that way. That's a, that's a super tip. (laughs) So what are some tips and tricks that that can help students, whether they've taken a gap year or not, stand out in the application process and get noticed? What do people look for?
2: Oh, that's such a great question. So I'm going to go first and then I want Jordan to tell tell us because I think Jordan appears to have a really good formula in how she put together her applications. Um, One thing I, I love what Jordan said that all the applications she filled out asked for something different. And it causes you to start questioning yourself like did I do enough stuff and we know that even if it's a digital application which they really all are now um, if there are more lines for activities than you have activities to put down that starts to make people feel um, like oh oops you know like you said Jordan maybe I didn't do enough so my, but my advice to students always is that um, some um, substantive involvements. Like you um, you you lead a committee or you chair a food drive or you you know your student body office or things like that, are always much better than a whole bunch of involvements but that are just peripheral. You know, I'm a member of 50 clubs. Like, who cares? Um, so so and so, don't think of it as like padding your resume. And, and the other thing is, I love this. Students would always say to me, okay, what are the best activities that I should be in to get into college? And I always say, okay, the best activities are the ones you like. <laughs> because You don't know me from Adam, you know? So don't even waste your time trying to figure out what I like, because it won't, it, it doesn't matter. What I like is what you like. So do stuff that matters to you. And then if we meet in a virtual interview or something and I say, hey, of all the things you're involved in, you know, tell me what matters most to you and, and talk about that with me, that you actually can, that, that you're talking about something you really, that really matters as opposed to, oh, I think this will make me look better on my on my college application. So substantive involvements, Pursue things that you really like. Don't worry about what other people like because, again, be true to yourself, as Jordan said. Um, the other thing is a lot of schools, very competitive schools, are going to ask you to write an essay. Um, mm-hmm. That's hugely intimidating for students. We know that. So think of it this way. Essays are writing is just talk on paper. We hope it's slightly better grammatically, but really just talk on paper. So um, when people ask that, they want to know two things. Can you write and do you have anything to say? So I'm going to hope that you've answered the can you write part. But then it's when you think about, do you have anything to say? Your key is, well, what do I want to say? And again, I'd write about something that really matters to you. Let your passion come through. For some kids, it will be volunteer service. For others, it will be things that they do in their school. Some people talk about religious involvements. Honestly, it doesn't matter what you write about if you write about it with passion and interest because that's what draws the reader in. People like me who are like, oh my gosh, I wanna know more. I wanna know about the stuff that Jordan's doing because it's really interesting. And you would be surprised how much we remember of things that we read about you because we actually do read them and we pay close attention. So those those are long tips, but those are my two best ones. I love that.
0: Do you feel you did that Jordan?
1: Yes, kind of echoing the same points. I think a huge thing I was um, wanting to put into my essays and stuff like that was vulnerability, because I know admissions people don't want to be reading what seems like it's from a robot, because I know, like, because grades are important, scores are important, and all that stuff, but they want to know who you are as a person, kind of reiterating the idea of, like, being true to yourself, and I did not want to be afraid to be vulnerable in the answers that I was giving people. I wanted them to know who I was, I wanted to be able to read what I was writing and be able to hear myself saying it in a regular conversation. Because that's how the people are gonna know who you really are. And that's how um, the admissions people are gonna to relate to you on a personal level. And I think that that makes you stand out because there are a lot of people who are like, um, by the book and by grades. And that's not really what I feel like admissions want. They want people who are gonna bring personality, people who they can see what their dreams are in just a short amount of information that they're getting. Wow. So, Jordan, what advice would you give to somebody who maybe doesn't
0: have your self-assurance about how they how they feel about it and they're and they're scared and they're too scared to apply to their dream school? What do you say to them?
1: I say this is what I always tell my friends when they're afraid to reach out and do something. If you don't take the jump, you'll never make it anyways. So I always say that you shouldn't be afraid to try because if you don't try you're not going to get it already but if you try you can say oh well it didn't work out it wasn't meant to be i'd rather live a life where it's like oh well that wasn't meant for me than live a life where it was like oh well what if i did that what if i took the jump? what if i would have applied what if i would have gone because at least with the oh wells you know that you did everything that you could and so if you're scared you just just take the jump because you don't want to live your life wondering what if you would have done it and even if it's scary, you never know, it could work out for you in the end.
0: <laughs> that is so true. I, that is so true. So how do we, you know, when, especially now in the time of COVID, I know when when my daughter was applying to college, um, she, she applied in the fall and she and I did, she did choose to go to my alma mater, uh, Willamette University down in Salem, Oregon. And when she said, you know, this is my dream college. This is where I want to go. As a parent, I was shocked. I never in a million years thought, why would she want to go to Willamette? You know, she's going to want to go someplace. She's going to want to go someplace else. And no, I had, uh, we had actually gone there when she was really little. We had gone to a reunion and, you know, went to a football game. But there's stuff like that. And okay, love Willamette. Doesn't really, not known for its football program. Not not a move. Uh, but. Um, Anyway, that was her dream school and she had done her research and her homework and stuff like that. But what do you say to parents who may have a different, you know, may want to push their alma mater, but that's not your dream school, may want to push you to go to a place that maybe you're not comfortable with. How do you deal with parents like that? <laughs> oh, gosh. You know, um, I have to say that
2: uh, I just have one child and and I came to understand that I gave parents a lot of glib advice. Before she went through the college admission process, I mean, to be perfectly honest, I found myself crying in the parking lot of one of the admission offices that we went to. And, and seriously, I had to give myself this big pep talk like, honey, it's not about you. You've already been to college. like, dude, get over yourself. You know, this is about her and what's right for her. Because all I could think of was, don't make me drive her here in September. Don't make me drive her here. I mean, how, how small is that? So what we what we try to do in the often the way that admission offices will communicate with parents is students and their parents are really tight, Gen Z. They're, it's a unit, and it's a family decision about going to college, and we want to honor that. We think that that's really important. But we also try to help parents understand that it's best if they can take a supportive role in the process rather than I'm gonna drive this. Like I'm gonna fill out all your applications and I'm gonna write your essays. Because mom, seriously, we can tell. <laughs> your voice is not your son or daughter's voice, especially not your son's voice. So, so um we so often parents feel very comfortable contacting admission offices and communicating, where students will be more reticent. They're more, they're not as confident, confident as you, Jordan. And so we try to we try to um, manage this balancing act. The other thing is we actually try to empower students because I've been in admission interviews face to face where the student will whisper to me when the parents are not in the room. I don't I don't want to go to school here. <laughs> and so and I'm you know what that is so cool. Thank you for sharing that with me. I so appreciate your honesty. Let's talk about our strategy because in your best world. You tell your parents because that's an important sort of step where you establish yourself because you are, you know, you are an independent thinker and you do have the right to make a decision about what you think will be your best environment, even though mostly your parents are paying for it. So there's lots of kind ways to do that. But I said, well, if that doesn't really work for you, if we haven't already admitted you, we can turn you down. And then I said, because then your parents hate me and they don't hate you. And the kids are kind of like, really? I'm like, oh, yeah, really. I can do that for you. No problem. And they literally get to, I think I need to talk with them about it. And I said, that honestly, that's the best way. But you just keep me posted about where you are, because nobody, your parents don't want to walk, step you into the, they don't want you to go to a place that's where you'll be miserable. And it can be hard to tell them that if it's your alma mater or a place they're like, oh my gosh, you know, you just need to go to X because it's their dream. You have to, you have to probably maybe, you know, with Jordan, with your self-assurance, you have to walk them back to understand what your dream is. And because again, every parent wants what's best for their son or daughter. And mostly when they understand that they get on board.
0: Wow. That is, okay, that's just awesome. I can totally see that. I don't really want to go here. That's not going to work for me. <laughs> you know, I know that it's been a little bit crazy with all of the stuff going on with COVID, and we haven't been on campus in many of our schools. So, what are some reliable places that students can start their application process that, you know, maybe now that their high school counselors aren't necessarily able to see them as frequently and you can't just go knock on that door. Yeah.
2: Um, Well, I think, you know, often, um, as Jordan was expressing, all the applications were different. You know, the common application, there are almost a thousand universities and colleges that are members. And then the standard form is the same and they may have um, an additional uh, addendum that you need to fill out. But again, you only have to put in all your biographical stuff and your activities once. Super helpful. Um, I think when you're thinking about your college search, if you're if you're trying to come up with that list, um College Board Big Future is a really good site. Um, I also think that Capex is a super site where every school is listed and you can put down some preferences like you know, big, small, the academic programs you're interested in, um, the states you're interested in. Um, you know, let let computer algorithms do some work on your behalf. And I think um, uh, Gen Z is very much DIY. I mean, you, you love to, to do it yourself. And, and there's some really super tools out there. Um, and it doesn't mean that you won't ask for advice and help along the way, but you can do a bunch of stuff on your own. Be totally self-actualized. You don't have to wait for somebody to say, oh, do this. You can start investigating on your own.
0: So, Jordan, you know, did you go through any like scholarship application process or did you apply for any scholarships and things like that? And if so, what tips and tricks do you have?
1: Yes, I did. I did some local ones that our counselors gave us, and then I also did some online through different websites. I think with that, kind of stick the same idea with vulnerability and make sure that you express everything of yourself uh, in those essays that you get for those scholarships, because they're going to want to give money to people who they feel like they're investing in their future and people who they can see a future, at, like their future within their essays. And I just think, yeah, just, just believe in everything that you've done so far in your four years, because that's definitely something that I struggled with when I was applying for a lot of stuff was I was like I didn't do enough I didn't do what these people are wanting but kind of like um what we were saying earlier is um, the school that or like the money that's meant to come to you and the things that are meant to come to you will come to you with time and you don't always see it at the, at the beginning you don't always understand why but everything will work out for you at some point you just have to be willing to Put yourself out there. You have to be willing to do the work. You have to be willing to be vulnerable with the people that you're communicating with through the whole process.
2: And Jordan, did you did you and your family file a FAFSA also?
1: Yes. We also had ladies come to our school and help us with that if we had questions. And they right. held a, a sort of like a night at our school where there were a bunch of people there to help you fill out it in case you're struggling or in case you didn't know how to. So yeah, our school is very um, directly helping with the helping us with that kind of stuff
2: i just wanted to get that out there dr robin because the fafsa the free application for federal student aid that's sort of that's the place to start and then jordan did a great job by then going beyond that to to look for some other special scholarships but we want to make sure families complete the fafsa
0: oh yeah absolutely and then you got to go in and update it every year (laughs) It's it's the fun part but uh it's uh it's remarkable. Uh, the FAFSA is, is kind of like I found um, it, it when I went in and filled it out, you know, for my kids, it locked back to me in my days when, when I was in college and had uh, financial aid. And I'm like, wow, this is, it's all interconnected and interwoven in there, isn't it? It's, it's quite the thing. So at, we're, we're coming to the end of our time, but I have a really, really important question for you both. You're down to two schools and you can't decide. What's your best advice for how to choose between two schools? Jordan?
1: That's a great question. That's also something that I've been um, thinking about for the last uh, couple of weeks as I have trying to finalize my decision because there's one school here that I was considering going to and there was Boston University, which is further out. And I think there's a lot of factors to take into consideration. Um, financial needs, like if what's like reasonable for that. Um, again, like family, your friends, your support system that's near you. And then also just where you think you'll excel. And when you are making a decision, you have to think what opportunities are available to you. And I think that it's not something you can make on a whim. So I people need to make sure that they take the time to think about it. I'm a big fan of pros and con lists. That's definitely something that I use throughout my process. (laughs) Uh, I just think when you know, you'll know, I feel like you'll have that feeling because there'll be a little bit of doubt, there'll be a little bit of fear when making that decision, but you'll know when you made the right decision. You just have to trust yourself.
2: I think I think that's really great advice, Jordan. Um, you know, I often think about uh, choosing a school, it's a bit like Maslow's Hierarchy you know, where will I sleep? Where will I eat? You know, who's going to teach me who will be my friend? Because at its most fundamental, what you're really trying to answer is, is this a school for somebody like me, whoever that your unique me is. And it's funny, because I made my career based on the gut decisions of 17 and 18 year olds. And I actually think those are really good. Because I think when you walk around a campus, I mean, it can just be a super great school, a super good school in every way. But when you walk around, it's kind of like running shoes. They're really highly rated, but they don't fit. I mean, they just don't fit your feet right. They're just not right. And, and I think that um, it's important for students to feel empowered to trust themselves. Because you you really you can just get this feeling like I look around and I think, oh, yeah, these people would be my friends or oh, yeah, no, people it, it you know, people are not as friendly as I want it to be. And everyone looks worried all the time, you know, whatever it is. And I have to say that I, when I would change jobs in enrollment, I would walk around and say the same thing. I would say, okay. Do I like the students that I met? Can I see myself recruiting them? You know, do I want to talk with the families of these people? Because if you don't, it doesn't matter how super the school is. You're just not going to be happy there. And and you know, there are no, there's enough variation that you totally can find a place where you'll be really
0: happy. So, any final pieces of advice that that we haven't gotten to yet that you want to make sure our listeners and viewers here today? Trust yourself.
1: Trust I have a, I have two quotes that I've heard over the last couple of weeks um, throughout the releasing of decisions that I want to share. Um, there's one where it's rejection is protection. And there's another one where it's not always rejection, but it's a redirection. I think that those are both important things that I've held close to my heart when I've gone through the last couple of weeks of wait lists, rejections, exceptions, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think that that's just something that people need to remember in the back of their minds that Rejection doesn't always have to be a negative thing.
2: And, and tell yourself it's not about you. It's about them. And if you're amazing and they don't get it, well, fully on them.
0: You know, that's their loss, not yours. Yeah, that is the best pieces of advice uh, that anybody can hear during this very, very stressful time. Mm-hmm. Jordan, I want to thank you for sharing your personal story and and all of your wisdom. And Madeline, I want to thank you so much for sharing your, you know, years and years of experience working with people who are deciding where to go to college, mm-hmm. what path is life is taking you on? That's the path that you're going in. And embrace it, love it, and trust yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how we stay well. That's how we be well and that's how we take care of ourselves. I want to thank you both for joining me today and to everyone who's been listening and and sending your questions. Thank you so much. I hope that we provided you some hope, some inspiration, and also just that knowledge that you're making the best decisions for you right now. If you are looking for help processing anything that we've talked about today or or issues related to your mental health, please check out our website at providence.org. And if you'd like more information about the great work we do at Work To Be Well, please check us out at worktobewell.org. That's work, the number two, bewell.org. I can't wait to see you again on Talk to Be Well. I'm your host, Dr. Robin Henderson. Be well.